What's up, y'all? This is your girl, MB, and you are about to listen to an awesome episode. I'm still a little savage with my girl, Crystal C. Mercer. So a couple of things before you listen to this episode. Number one, Cece and I had to record this um, via on the phone, and so her audio is great. My audio is a little spotty, so I just ask you guys to be patient. I'm still learning, and I know not to use certain um, earpods or AirPods now when I have to record over the phone. Um, number two, time. What is time and space? It's all bleeding together, and so I want to make a correction. I tried to correct myself, and I was still wrong. I know my history, and so when I reference um 2020 or 2019 i actually meant january of 2017 y'all i was talking about the 2016 election y'all forgive me all right well i hope you guys enjoyed this episode um again cc audio is great and you just have to wait to the end all right guys Thank you for joining in to the Respectable Woman Podcast. This is your girl, MB, with my sister friend, Cece. Crystal C. Mercer is joining us. Um, Cece, what's up? Hello, hello. Hello, world. Hello, Michelle. Hello, all my fellow Leos out there. That's that's what's up. Leo gang gang. We're officially in Virgo season because we just... Leo season was too much for, for me this year, but we did what we came to do. You know, we, we know when our season arrives and we'll <laughs> let everybody have their time. There's no hate in our hearts. It's all love. But when it's time for the mains to be out, we are out. <laughs> we going to do it. We going to do the damn thing. Listen, um, happy birthday. Same to you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so we mentioned Leo, you mentioned Leo season on the intro episode. Uh, I talked about just the fire energy that's within me and you know how I'm not apologizing for that anymore. If it makes someone else uncomfortable, then maybe it's meant to make you uncomfortable. That's probably why I'm here. Um, it's to make you slightly uncomfortable. So, Hey, (laughs) that's where it's at. Everybody Um, is responsible for their own feelings. Very true. Um, and so this episode I'm still a little savage listen um, first of all before I get into why I even thought about you tell the people who you are what you do well Crystal C. Mercer affectionately known as CC I am a published author a poet an activist a badass black woman with an afro that can block out the sun. The daughter of the late legendary civil rights attorney, Christopher C. Mercer Jr. C.C. Mercer 1, OG, C.C. Mercer 2. And just a person who is activated by her passion. That's who I am. All things that fall under that umbrella describe me to a T. Yes, there's no better intro to that. I, um, you know, we've talked about the power of writing and I previously shared that I wrote this down last year. I was actually supposed to, in my mind of getting shit done, I was supposed to like have this out last year on my birthday, but I sat on it and I'm glad I did uh, because this year has been a different year 
And when I look back on the episodes that I've written down, then I start seeing people um, with each episode title. So when it got to the second one, you know, I'm still a little savage. I like this, this is Crystal. Um, <laughs> and, and I shared this with you, but what made me think of that is, you know, when you had your exhibit at the rep and you had the Ghana flag, like that was just like, my God, like it was, it was God. Um, what was the dimensions on that flag that you hand stitched? 32 and a half feet by 12 feet. Y'all, for the ones in Little Rock who missed it, you missed it. For the ones who are listening from other states, you still missed it. It was great. And Cece is like holding court. She's taking us on this tour of the exhibit. We end on this massive wall with this massive flag. And Cece looks and it's like, you know, it's black folks, white folks, it's everybody. And she's point up to the top corner and said, and that bandana up there is for Southwest Little Rock. I said, God, dog. <laughs> <laughs> I said, dang, yes. Yes, ma'am. You know what I'm saying? She's like, I represent, I represent Southwest Little Rock. And it was just like, yes, like going back to who you are, true to yourself. It's all good now. It looks good now. I look all peaceful. I'm talking about myself too. I look all peaceful, chakra aligned mm -hmm. and all of that. And I can talk positivity and I can get you in your spirit, but I can also still be a little savage and get in that ass if I got to. And it was, that's all I heard when you said that. <laughs> I mean, that's all she wrote when I said that. It is absolutely true. Everybody knows how much I love Little Rock, who know me, and they know where I grew up. And just the homage that I pay to my neighborhood, because even though I didn't have any gang affiliations growing up, I grew up in a blood neighborhood. And a part of gang culture was about family and stability and peace if you excommunicate the violence and pride and ownership of where you live. So I was very well aware of what was going on in my neighborhood and nobody messed with me. And primarily because it was all peace. My dad was an attorney and folks just navigated life because they were living and, and pursuing that thrive that they so desperately needed. So, yeah, I'm going to always pay homage. I'm working on a quilt right now and I've definitely incorporated my red bandana into the piece. <laughs> because that's what it is that's what it is I'm still a little savage you know and and in that you know there's some righteous anger and we're gonna get into that so let's just go ahead and get into the conversation um first off you know this term respectable woman I want to ask my guests this um always the first question what does that mean to you um the term you know end quote open quote end quote respectable woman it's definitely in quotes I feel like women have standards for themselves and we have more of a code instead of this sense of respectability because those are usually uh, politic and conversations that other people try to put on us, how we're supposed to act, who we're supposed to be, uh, who we're supposed to date, where we're supposed to go and what it looks like in the eyes of somebody else. And for me, respect 
and my respectabilities are on a different level. It's tied to my culture more so than other people's opinions. So when I hear the quote unquote term, and I love what you're doing, Michelle, talking about this, it's like other people will do their best to define who you are. And when you're walking in your own skin, in your own light, in your own soul, that's not up to them. It's up to you. Right. Um, And so, you know, my respectabilities are tied to honoring my people, uh, honoring the whims of my heart. I love to write poems. I love to stitch. I love to be around family and friends. I love being by myself. You know, I love to read and listen to old records and spending time with myself and asking myself questions. I love to uh, pray to my various altars around my house. I have a music altar. I have a love altar. I have a work altar. I have a dream altar. Like those are things that tie into what I respect and what I'm giving honor and ritual to every day as opposed to you have to wear your hair straight on a job interview mm. and you shouldn't wear a skirt above your knees. And, mm. you know, a lady shouldn't wear red fingernail <laughs> polish or be out at a certain time of the night. I'm like, it's time. I can be out whenever I want to. I can wear whatever colors I want to wear. My shirt and my skirts can be as long as as short as I please. You know, it's not for other people to decide. As long as I'm my culture, my elders, the desires of my heart, my purpose, then that's what's respectable, not how somebody chooses to define me. Mm, amen. That's I could go off on some other stuff, but we not. We gonna we gonna keep on going. <laughs> um one thing that you just hit on was, you know, praying to your different altars, your spirituality, and I have been on this journey for the past probably year, year and a half, uh, where I've just been wanting to learn more about spirituality as far as where women's placement has been. And so one day soon, I'm going to share with the people all the books I've read and people I'm like, Michelle, none of that goes together. And I'm going to say, well, read them first (laughs) and then tell me if they go together, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, But um, one of the things I was, I was reading um, um, Sacred Woman, reading that book and it had the 42 Laws of Mahat, um, which is an Egyptian goddess who basically determined who goes to the afterlife. She's, she is justice personified. Um, but one of those 42 laws that, um, that book says that you read at the beginning of the day, at the end of the day, it reads, I will not be wrathful and angry except for a just cause. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to ask you, and I want to get into this conversation a little bit, like as women, what determines our just cause? Um, because I feel like we saw we saw some of this in 2020, right? We saw some of this um, at the um, inauguration in 2020 where women had on their, their pussy hats. And <laughs> I have a friend that was like, uh, I'm tired of the pink pussy hats because mine, I, where's the brown? You know, like we, we can get mm. into um, the intersexuality later, but that was a moment where you saw women in wrath 
and angry for a just cause because we had they I know how I voted but as as a country we had elected a man who blatantly talked about grabbing women by the pussy um mm-hmm. tell me about what what the just cause is that we should be angry about because I feel like you have I feel like you are righteous anger I believe in righteous anger and it's beautiful that you bring up my because on one of my altars that's right in front of me, I have a, a statue of Sakmet who's also an Egyptian goddess. She has a lot of feline uh, property. She was a daughter of Ra, Amon Ra, who is the sun god. And when the earth was on her nerves, she went on a spree. She brought it back. <laughs> she was like all right daddy told me to calm down I've been there with my own daddy rest his soul CCOG um but I believe in righteous anger because all of my feelings and I believe the feelings of others are valid um and also the the phrase that you got from her laws about not being wrathful without just cause I also believe that when I'm dealing with people because I'm an empath and I'm sensitive to how people feel because I feel so deeply, I also believe that not everybody deserves the range of my emotions. Uh, There are some things that I would prefer to keep to myself, be it I need to think about it longer or I need to protect the other person in the situation and henceforth protecting myself or I need to circle back at a moment where I can digest all of the anger that I'm feeling because I understand my infinite rage and my infinite peace. And Ghana had a lot to do with that. So that the scale of that flag was about me taking up space. I know how infinite I am. Uh, I believe in righteous anger because we have a right to uh, go through the waves of what we're feeling. Anger does not have to be negative. It's an emotion. And bottling those things up inside of this fleshy avatar in our human experience causes mm-hmm. stress and disdain and illness and disease. And you have to let things out responsibly and appropriately so they don't damage your core and your soul and your heart and you're out of alignment. Uh, and some people, you know, if they anger you, deserve <laughs> the effects of things that anger you. Um, now, I'm not saying go off and tear the club up on people. That's not what I'm saying, folks. Right. But there have been situations where in order for someone else to learn you and how to interact with you, like you need to know that a boundary has been crossed. Yes. And if if you don't want to be on the end of the wrath that then you learn not to cross it. So there's just, it's, it's more nature to me of how I interact with people when I'm upset. And it's very rare that I am enraged or I am wrathful because I'm pretty even keel. So if there is a moment where I go there and I have to go there fully, I'm like, let's just go there so we can get it out the way. So, you know, that's not where I want to go. And then let's bring it back. <laughs> and then we'll be good. 
Yeah, and you you bring up something boundaries, and in my head when you start answering the question, I was like, Lord, these 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 years bleed together. Twenty nineteen is when we mm. were marching with pussy hats. January twenty nineteen. 2020 is when the world came to a dead end again <laughs> with, <laughs> with COVID. Uh, but boundaries, crossing boundaries. It's different crossing boundaries when it comes to respecting my boundaries, um, respecting my place as a woman versus um, trying to um, navigate around my privilege, right? Because mm-hmm. I think, you know, the Karenisms is not righteous anger. Oh, no. See, that's see that's when you get dealt with. That's what I'm talking right. about. Like, you crossing a boundary with me. And for me, I don't want to cross anybody else's boundaries. I believe that we can be harmonious and, and on one accord. We can have divine oneness with each other. But, like, I don't want to cross nobody else's boundaries. But also, <laughs> it's, thing, it's the unjust anger. It's it's mm. it's the unjust causes when you have a situation like we we've encountered these white tears they cried wolf and people are getting hurt behind it. Yeah, we can go back to Emmett Till. Like yep. people are getting hurt behind the false tears, and to me, that's unjust. Now, right. if you upset and you in your feelings and you need a moment take your moment but if you're in my face and you're disrespecting me and you're calling me out of my name and if you get bucked with people that I'm around and you getting in their face and you being violent then that's not something that we're going to tolerate that's a boundary that's been crossed that's unjust so I'm going to have to meet you from a just place to let you know that's not what we're doing right and I think that is the difference you know when when it comes down to um and being comfortable in that stand-up and, and, and I think, you know, I, there's no pretty way of saying it. It needs to be rage at times. And, it, you know, we talk you know, when raise their voice and hurt. So do step up to somebody and say, hold up. And it goes back to, well, why are you being so emotional and why are you being so angry? Um, and, you know, that goes into the next conversation about the angry black woman. Like, well, why, she, you know, why did she do that? And I, that was a lot of me, but I'm just like, <laughs> you know. Yeah, I'm, I'm angry because I've bled the last 80% of my life and I am emotional. I'm having a human experience. Right. <laughs> You're definitely going to catch some of this sometimes and oh if it's just like I said I'm pretty even kill sometimes I see folks interacting like violence uh disrupts my stomach I don't like it I don't like to see people getting hurt uh I don't like to hurt people I don't I don't like scratchy interactions but I'm also from southwest so we could go there <laughs> if well, we and need it, to any and even beyond that like I can I can in certain settings where you know you you feel you feel me um and you want to have a conversation with me but I'm like but I didn't I didn't cuss out the whole room like this other lady did who's not my race 
and went off on the whole room and everybody was supposed to get quiet and not say anything because that's just who she is. Yeah, and normalizing things like that to me is a little counter-revolutionary because it, it seems like Black women, and this is no disrespect to any beautiful woman walking this earth, person, man, non-binary, how you how you're navigating your human experience but there's definitely a bias when it comes to how black women can express their anger as opposed to anyone else that is it's seen as uh aggressive and this this visceral reaction of that we're attitudinal and we're just one way when we carry uh, a lot of collective trauma from our experiences being children of the diaspora. We carry a lot of our own weight from our lives that we're living because I don't know everybody's experience that they're going through, but I've definitely been through uh, a lot of negative things that I've had to overcome just interacting with the world because sometimes it's not a beautiful place. Sometimes you have to find the beauty in it. And then there's nowhere to go with that because people expect for you to be strong and deal Mm -hmm. with it. People expect uh, for you to be quiet. And then when you do so to keep the peace, is their expectation that you're in agreement with whatever abuse you receive and that you can deal with it. And I'm just, I don't want to deal with it. Like, I should not have to live in oppressive, abusive situations because I'm a Black woman. I shouldn't have to be quiet because I'm a Black woman. I have vocal cords, that's science, and I want to use them. I'm a writer. I have things that I want to say, and I want to say them. And a lot of times I end up doing so because other people uh, haven't, found that path to speak their voice or they haven't been in a comfortable safe position to say how they really feel and we have to speak for them and to let them know that it's okay to make a little noise yes and and when you say quiet and not saying anything you know that is compliment of graceful she handled that so gracefully and she didn't want to, sis. She didn't want to. <laughs> she did not want to. And I and I am not saying, I want to make the point, I'm not saying that women of other races and cultures can't be angry. What I'm saying is, uh, let me have some of that space, too. Let me get something off that plate, too. Give me that room to go ahead and go about it the way I want to. I, I want to have that right, too. Um, and I want to have that right in speaking out about the injustice or the racism or the um, unconscious bias or whatever you just displayed, I want room to regulate to. And Mm -hmm. I think that's, that's missing. I would love to be shoulder to shoulder with women of all cultures and backgrounds um with the same righteous anger like I would like for all of us to flip the table from time to time you know but don't look at me crazy when I flip it yeah 
because it might get flipped. And no shade, we could put it back. <laughs> yeah, I'll put it right back where it was. I may add a little extra to it and make it look a little bit uh, prettier than it was before. Um, but yeah, Black women just sometimes, and I, and I just want to bring it to light. I just want to talk about it. Um, I know people talk about it publicly, but I just want to talk about it from my end, your end. You know, we we work with women of all cultures in our community all the time and love mm -hmm. it. Gives me life. I love it. Um, but I, I still should be able to talk about how I have to sit down and shut up from time to time because if I do get angry, it I'm I'm being handled different than you. Yeah, and I love the the circles. We have some overlapping circles, Michelle, that we're in where uh women are really supportive and not in a condescending way, like let me give you the floor. Like they understand anybody at any time can take up space to say something, to have a conversation, to have civil discourse. I've been really lucky to be associated with people and have friendships and strong relationships with women of various races that understand. I just have to say this. One of my really good friends who uh, she is blind and she is white, and she is amazing. Uh, one thing that, that we have grown over the years is just supporting each other in our work and different endeavors. And she knows I talk about the Middle Passage a lot. That's just like a period of time that's really interesting to me when Christopher Columbus sailed the ocean blue in 1492 <laughs> and the Moors and like all these things that we know because my grandmother named my father Christopher Columbus that's what his C stands for and she said she was writing a wrong I think she did an amazing job but like this period of time where we were stolen and dispersed mm -hmm. and so I talk about it a lot and the piece that I'm working on alludes to that from like the middle passage to the natural state this new quilt that I'm working on and she's like yeah I know because you know the middle passage I was like exactly <laughs> <laughs> I'm like I didn't even have to explain it to you this time she's like no I got it I got it CC I'm, I'm, I'm following you I see where you're going with this uh, just by looking at it from these conversations that we have so like that's what happens when you're in an open space and you can express without question or you're not met with opposition about how you feel about something you can just feel you can just say without this <laughs> picture of you being plastered as yes. the angry black woman yes and you know for me it took a it takes a lot of open dialogue and conversations and you know I had a conversation with a friend of mine last week or two weeks ago about um and and this is a black friend and and we were talking about um you know light skin versus dark skin and and she she had never had that conversation before and so we got deep into that and she was like this is uncomfortable for me she was like but I appreciate having this conversation with you because I usually shy away from these conversations and so for me, I'm going to have the conversation with anybody, any race about what I feel. Uh, but, you know, definitely with my sisters, you know, even when marches were happening, I, I, I'm, I'm going to skip that one out. Y'all have it. I got y'all. I'm going to be at the house. 
um, I'm kind of over it. And they're like, wow, like, cause we, we've done this before, you know, Susan B. Mm -hmm. Anthony, I'd be well done before. And at, at that point in time, I hope I was with us when we were mourning our brother shot down. You know what I'm saying? I, I respect what's going on right now, but I'm not about to repeat history. And until mm -hmm. you can go sit at your dinner table and have the conversation with your brother and your father um, and every other white male in your life and tell them how wrong this is about this open racism, then I, I'm not interested in marching with you. Now, mm -hmm. we had a very respectful conversation of conversation about it and it it enlightened it was like okay and so I had a friend that started reading bell hooks and started paying you know more attention to you know the black feminine voice um and it was very intentional about it because I had to explain we're not going to do this again where black women have um a piece that they want to include in this movement and and it's not because in, when I'd be like, we giving history lessons, Susie. We talking about Egyptian. We talking about the Middle Past. We, but let's just <laughs> let's just go there. Like when I'd be one to talk about lynching, Susan B. Anthony, like, nah, baby, we we ain't putting that in this, you know. <laughs> and that was a legitimate grievance, mm -hmm. and it was not included. And I'm like, me knowing history. And learning it, I'm learning history as an adult because I didn't learn all this in school. I go to Barnes and Noble, Amazon or whatever and pick up my books and, and read them now. But knowing this now, I'm not going to repeat it again. We're gonna have to we're gonna have to move this needle forward and move it differently this time around. Yeah, and that is about having information and having the courage to to use your voice once you have that information. I'm an Ancient Aliens buff fan, um, which they have new episodes on Netflix right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to watch it because I am too. Uh, and one of the episodes I was watching, I mean, you know, it's it's a lot of different uh, theories or whatnot, but there was one thing that they said in reference to this particular subject, but I think it is apropos for what we're talking about now and just attaining information is that the quote was knowledge is the currency of the universe mm. and it really I've been thinking about it since I watched this episode because you know we we learn as we grow I learned a lot about life on my Mima's porch in Palm Bluff I learned yeah. a lot at my father's feet I learned a lot from my own mama being a self-proclaimed hellcat and having to get with people when wrong with her. I learned a lot from my siblings and cousins and friends and co-workers and just how I'm intaking the world and also my own experience with injustice and what it stemmed from because it didn't fall out of the sky. I'm yeah. not chicken little. Like I know this oppression didn't just fall on my head today, that it's on a line of things that have been happening. This is a historical trauma. This is systemic racism. There is a root to it. And so I've just been trying to arm myself with the information of what came before so I can act accordingly as I continue to move into my Afrofuturistic life 
and leave something better behind because where I was, I'm already gone from that place. I Mm -hmm. want to be able to live a life worth examination and have an indomitable spirit that will never die because this body will fade. This too shall pass. But everything that I have to offer someone else in my stead, like I want to be able to pass that on. And I can't do that if I'm quiet. I can't do that if I'm quote unquote respectable and I'm being polite to someone else uh, at the cost of injuring who I am in this world. Like that, that just can't happen. So sometimes you have to take that risk and they tell a woman not to do that because she's this delicate flower. Well, so is a Venus flytrap. Mm. And that will get you. There's all types of ways where we can exist in our beauty and also in our survival. So let me ask you, um, going into the next question, how look in the future? How does blaze the trail for our, our younger to come through and keep um, and keep it moving keeping keeping our voice and our legacy in the placement that women have had in society since the beginning um, from being lost and talked about how do you how do you see it manifesting in our generation? moving forward I think one of the things that I say to myself every day and I say to people that I have the opportunity to speak with is that the most radical thing you can do is be yourself and a part of being yourself is knowing who you are and you're born with yourself like all the information you need is inside of you. I, you know, I recently turned 39 and there's this video from my seventh birthday party where my parents got me this cake of a couple of my favorite characters from the Wizard of Oz. The Wizard of Oz, the Wiz, anything Oz, Yellow Brick Road, I have one tattooed on my foot, like I love. And on this cake, there was Dorothy in the Tin Man and I like pushed my big side ponytail back I was like, y'all forgot the line. I'm like, hello. (laughs) I'm a Leo. Where is he? Where is my dude who had to find his own courage? And Mm -hmm. looking at this video, I was like, wow. Like my fingernail polish was chipped. My hair was big. I had a little sass. I was surrounded by people I love. Like in that moment, they tell you to find yourself and what you like to do. And like those things come with a little exploration. But I realized I am who I always was. So I think the way that we blaze this trail is number one, we have to be ourselves. And in order to be ourselves, we have to know ourselves. Not, oh, I finished college and got married and had 2.5 kids and a white picket fence and this this thing that they tell us that we're supposed to achieve as some American dream. What are your dreams? What are Mm -hmm. things that you want to see manifest in your life? And focus on that. If all you do is think about your dream, think about what you want, making steps towards that, it will happen. So there's only so much I can do. I am a poet. 
and a fiber artist and I am a culture bearer for black people. These are things that I do well and I do daily in this in my 24 hour practice. So when people see me, they're going to see some big hair or some type of African style. They're going to see some fabrics. <laughs> they're going to see you. Some they're going to see me and know that I am standing absolutely in who I am. I think that's what we have to pass on to people. We we have to break away from, you know, outside of our cultural norms or things that we do as ritual when we get together for holiday or we drink a certain drink a certain time of the year. We eat a certain food a certain time of the year. How we celebrate each other. Like these are these are collective things that we have together. But what is it that you want? Because that's the only thing that's going to get you to the next phase of your life. And for a long time, I did what other people wanted me to do because mm-hmm. that's what I thought I was supposed to do to make other people happy. And though I'm still a people pleaser, I like when people are happy. Right. I like best when I'm happy. Yeah. That makes happy for everyone else. And if you're operating and you're happy and completely in who you are, you are being radical, you are being true to yourself, and you will definitely be able to continue to set the path on fire and others will be able to see. They'll have a light to follow. They'll have a path that's been cleared from whatever rage you had to go through to clear this road. They'll have clearance because you were brave enough and bold enough to go there. And so many of our ancestors, our predecessors who are still with us did that. They knew it was bigger than them. So now as I grow older and grow wiser, I know that it's bigger than me, that I have a life that is connected to so many people who I'm blood related to, who I'm spiritually connected to. And I want to continue to show them that whatever they want is possible. Yes. And I, you know, to add to that, I think that everybody, I talked about this in the intro episode, everybody has a part to play. Everybody has something that they're supposed to bring to the table um, that has, you know, tried to be suppressed and you got to bring that out. There's going to be some women who are going to set the blaze up. They're going to strike the match. Mm -hmm. Um, And then there's going to be some that are like, oh, okay, now that it's clear, let me put the flowers here and decorate it. Let me put the yellow bricks down so people know exactly how to follow it, you know, and then there's, you know, everybody's going to have their part to play um, in this. And when you say be yourself, to be yourself is to know yourself. You have to get back to knowing who you are inside and not try to be somebody else. Everybody not going to come with this Leo energy that Cece and I got. <laughs> um, it, it, it is a big responsibility. Um, yes. But, you know, so if you don't have that natural fire in you, don't don't try to curse folks out if that ain't in your nature. That's fine. You know, but you do have to understand when there is a time to use your fire, just like there's a time that I got to learn from my sisters that let me go on and put some decoration on this so people... So they can come to the path and it's more visually appealing. Like I learned from, you know, other women around me when in their strong skill set and, you know, and what makes them them um, because we all have something to teach one another. 
Agreed. We definitely do. And I'm I'm learning every day. I like having this information because it's it's currency. It was such a simple way that they put it, but it's it's true. It's the exchange. I like having information about myself and I like having information about other people. So we can get through this human experience together because it's it's hard but it's doable and Mm -hmm. I'm just trying to to do it (laughs) we all are yes we all are all right well as we get ready to close I ask for you to bless us with a piece um of your work and y'all CC charge for this so this is a very big blessing okay <laughs> if you listen yes. to this podcast you you get for free that got value on it look y'all gotta know everything has value even if it's not tied to money because there were other ways that we exchanged our gifts and our love and just so everybody knows I already told her she know but just those who are listening Michelle Barnes is a person that adds value to my life. I love you. And I told you, whenever you ask me a question, it's going to be yes. So we are here. We are here for that. So in honor of of our conversation from the respectable woman and women leading this charge and spirituality and working through our our just causes for our righteous anger and even this term, angry black woman. I wanted to read a piece that I wrote called I am an angry black woman because it's an emotion that's real and I'm not hiding from myself or anybody else. <laughs> you gonna see me because I got you this afro. You gonna see me. <laughs> so uh, I just want to share this with the people just to give you some perspective of how I feel about the subject. I ain't got no time for proper English. It was proper English that whipped me and stripped me of my native tongue. Some used to ask, why are you such an angry black woman? And I used to get mad, but I want to take that back. I am an angry black woman. And being angry ain't negative. It's healthy to feel what I feel and damn angry. And it's normal to feel enraged because my people were enslaved. But I wouldn't worry about this surface poem anger. I'd warn you against the anger in my DNA, the generational disdain for this foolishness, for the terror and barriers, the hangings, the bombings, the spit at the sit-ins, the kicks on the walks to school, the glass Coke bottles thrown at our heads from the heel, the rapes and the ropes, the assassination on our black bodies and our character. Woo, child. I'm so damn angry thinking about it right now. That trauma is singed in my skin, the phantom tugging at my breast, a wet nurse to their babies, but a beast in their eyes. Fuck that. Get off my titties with your commentary and your apologies. I am an angry black woman and I've got every right to be. When we've been and when we've been harmed, my body lives in a constant state of anxiety. I wake up asking, Is this the day they gonna kill me? Cause they always coming for my black ass body. This beautiful body outlined in curves, slippery when wet. Let me line my mouth with water so I can finish talking my shit. 
I am an angry black woman. Fuck your bombs bursting in air. When the smoke clears, all I see is America trading one oppressor for another, putting black bodies on the front lines to the bread lines, fighting for a country that'd rather see us dead than give us a chance. We are the tired and the poor, but we didn't see the torch at Ellis Island. We saw the belly of a ship. She swallowed our black bodies whole from the African coast. She stole the innocent to make a scent, and she continued continues to tax our black bodies on wax these black thoughts be on fire i'm tired 400 years later and they still killing us in churches 300 years later they still murder us for breathing 200 years later they still beating us for believing 100 years later they still throwing our votes away yesterday a man called me a slur today it's all a blur microaggressions to macroaggressions people touching my hair and injuring my soul. I am an angry black woman. Hell, I'm angry because you ain't angry. The crimes against my people go unpunished while we're still not considered equal. So I'm feeling what I'm feeling, shifting through all these cars life been dealing, but I ain't playing no games. I'm healing generations of pain, calling every ancestor's name. And until every black person is free, until the wrongs are right against me, until the thunder rolls of the second coming. Yes, I am an angry black woman. <sighs> Boom. CC Mercer, y'all. Crystal C. Mercer. <laughs> Thank, Thank you all so you. much for. Oh listening and letting me bless you with that peace and I just encourage you to tap into your own righteous anger and your own self and what it is you have to offer in this life so that you may too be more than a vapor Whew, baby no words tell us how we can keep up with you on social media I say Beyonce's internet <laughs> yes King B <laughs> well, uh, you can follow me uh, across all platforms at ccmercer2, that's C-C-M-E-R-C-E-R-T-O-O, as an also. Uh, you can also go to my websites. I have three that are very important to me. CrystalCMercer.com is my personal website. MercerTextileMercantile.com is my fabric website and a blackspace.org is my nonprofit website. And so I would love to connect with you all online more about you as you learn more about me. Thank you so much. Um, and I just want to say, you know, you said it publicly, but, you know, I love you to death and I do take you for granted and just respect you so much and I'm so glad our paths crossed I don't even know officially crossed but I'm just so grateful that it did um you are truly my 1983 sister my Leo sister um and yeah I will do anything for you thank you so much for being with us you are so welcome anytime you need me I'll be there all right. Well, guys, keep coming back and listening to the Respectable Woman podcast. I got more dope friends and we're going to have more dope conversations. Um, and you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram 
at the MB Truth. Um, I did something when I named myself the truth. Or my life ain't been the same. That's another conversation for another day. We <laughs> look. Well, I'm gonna tell you, it was the truth. So you ain't lying. <laughs> uh, guys, tune in next time. I'm your girl MB, um, and we'll talk to you later.